0: Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 19th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey
1: bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and our local economy and how they can affect your money. If you are listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-400-1150. Again, that's 1-855-400-1150 or online at themoneyar.com. And our lineup for today's show, we have Joanne Brooks of Mary Kay Skincare and Cosmetics. Of all the skincare and cosmetic companies out there, why should you use Mary Kay? Carolyn Guilford of Health Restoration Consulting, chronic illness is reversible. And Christine Rose of Christine Rose Coaching and Consulting, the one number to focus on in your business. Also, if you are watching our show on our Facebook Live, premiere or on our YouTube channel, I would like to introduce you to our engineer at Hubbard Radio, Benny. Benny, you to give a wave? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we have our Director of Marketing, Victoria. We could not do it without both of them. So a big shout out to Benny and Victoria. Great information and great guests in studio today for more information on any topics discuss, discussed, please feel free to call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at moneyhour.com. And I think today we'll start out with a little bit of money chat like we do each week.
0: Money. Money.
1: Galen, what do you have for our listeners today?
2: Well, Tina, you have very helpful technical money chats in which you update us on the market each week. And oh, in your market hey. updates, yeah, they're great and they're very helpful. And I want to elaborate on that. So in your market updates, you're reviewing the most important reports that come out, the ones that we lo- look at. And I thought it'd be helpful for those that aren't in the industry, maybe by explaining some of these por- reports that we look at in depth and maybe even review them all in a series each week, possibly coming up. So everyone knows exactly why these reports are important important. To those that are keeping their finger on the pulse of the market. So, in general, economic reports measure how the economy is performing. And these reports can have a significant impact on the market. They have an impact on rates and our business as on the mortgage side and the real estate side for our real estate agents, why and hence why it's so important Tina uh gets that message out to everybody so they know what's going on. And as a certified mortgage advisor, knowing market indicators gives us an edge over our competition and more importantly, gives us the opportunity to save our customers money. So there's nothing more that I love then directly impacting a customer's bottom line with just data, like their dollar figure based on the data that I can share and that I know. So going back to these economics reports, each economic report measures a different component of the economy. So there's always market expectations that are set, which is a bar that the results are judged against. Typically if an economic report is stronger than expectations, it is a positive sign for the economy, which could be good for things like stocks and bad for things like bonds. However, there are expectations and news headlines that may supersede this economic data. So starting with inflation reports, you've heard us talk a lot about inflation this year, and that's really because we're literally up against it. The Fed finally admitted this week, and I'm sure you'll probably touch base on this today, Tina, uh, an increase in inflation, and we saw immediately a 59-point market correction immediately after they made that announcement. So I locked one of my customers right before that. And if I wouldn't have locked them, and if I didn't understand what was going on, that would have cost my client literally $7,000 more to get the exact same rate. And it was all just about timing of when I locked my customer. So that is a prime example of us using this data in the best interest of our customers. And as we said many times on previous money chats, inflation is the arch enemy of rates. And inflation erodes bonds, uh, investors buying power from the fixed rate of return they receive over time. And in a rising inflation environment, investors must be compensated with a higher rate of return to combat the erosion from inflation. We talked about this before. And there are two main inflation reports, the Consumer Price Index, CPI, and Personal Consumption Expenditures, which is the Fed's more favored measure of inflation. And they are uh, each reported on a monthly basis. Both reports will give us the data for the previous month. So in other words, if an inflation report that is released in June, it's going to give us data for May. And before we discuss the difference between these two reports, we need to understand how inflation is calculated. And understanding this will allow us to predict where inflation is trending and plan accordingly. Inflation is calculated on a rolling 12 months basis. This means that the total of the past 12 months monthly inflation readings will give us the year over year rate of inflation. Since it is on a rolling 12-month basis, the most recent report, for example, let's say January 2020, will be replaced of January 2019 in the calculations of the annual inflation. The CPI and PCE reports have two main components, headline inflation, which is overall inflation, and core inflation, which strips out the volatile food and energy prices. Core inflation is the Fed's primary focus because they can influence it with monetary policy. The Fed understands that they cannot influence whether uh, influence the weather or geo geopolitical factors that can cause pricing to rise or fall. So the CPI measures price on a fixed basket of goods and has a significant weight towards housing and out of pocket medical expenses. So PCE measures prices on a basket of goods, but it does allow for substitutions, and these substitutions can be for similar products. An example of this would be substituting honeydew melons for cantaloupes, uh, if the price is one were rapidly increased due to the supply of issues. PCE tries to act like a smart shopper, if you will. Unlike C- uh, CPI, PEC does not have a big weighted towards uh, big weighting towards housing, which is obviously important, as well as out-of-pocket medical expenses. Instead, PEC focuses on medical uh, Medicare and Medicaid expenses, which are kept by the government. And as a result, PCE. Underestimates the real inflation of consumer fields and is an inferior gauge to CPI. So PCE typically runs softer or cooler than CPI due to these factors, yet it remains the Fed's favorite measure of inflation and the Fed focuses primarily on core PEC. Uh, which is kind of funky because uh, they're not really focusing on PPI, which measures wholesale inflation like CPI and PCE. It has a headline and a core reading and producer inflation may or may not impact consumer inflation as producers may pass on increased costs or decreased profit margins. So the government again does weird things and reflects on a report. That's not as accurate as the other reports, but they all impact rates. And that's the first of some of the reports that Tina speaks about and uh, keeps us updated on.
1: Uh, Such a great job, Keelan. I'm so glad that you're breaking this down for our listeners because it is so important. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. The Fed Statement and Press Conference yesterday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, they announced that they left interest rates unchanged and maintain their current pace of purchases of at least $120 billion in mortgage-backed securities and treasury purchases per month. They continue to express that they think inflation is transitory, but significantly raised their inflation expectations for the rest of 2021. They now believe that the PEC reading will average 3.4% up from 2.4% and the core will average 3%. They still believe inflation will drop down near 2% next year. While they said it was too soon for liftoff, to start hiking rates, the DOTS chart, which is the chart summarizing the Federal Open Market Committees, FOMC, outlook for the federal funds rate. Each DOT represents the interest rate forecast by one of the members of the committee. It showed that seven Fed members see a rate hike next year up from four previously, with the majority seeing two hikes by the end of 2023. Previously, Most did not expect a hike until 2024 or beyond now it's important to note that the dot chart just shows unknown projections from the fed members who may not even be voting, but it does show a shift in some of their beliefs that hikes should start sooner than previously thought. Now, in the press conference, Powell said that they are still a way away from substantial progress towards their goals of maximizing employment and price stability, but when they do have liftoff and start hiking, it will move at a very slow pace. Now, he also said for the very first time that the Fed is discussing tapering and in their meetings so that we know that it definitely is coming soon. The Fed will likely begin tapering ahead of the hike rates, hiking the rates, and the uh, logical starting point for At least an announcement could be the Jackson Hole meeting at the end of August with implementation towards the end of the year. As a result of higher inflation expectations and the Fed at least starting to discuss tapering and hiking rates, mortgage bonds sold off sharply. One of the main reasons for the producer inflation is labor. Hat tip to Peter Bakvar. According to the University of Chicago, 40% of people receiving benefits are making more than while they were working. Of course, some can't go back to work because of children, but for many, being incented to stay home. Capitalizing utilization of facilities is running at 75%, which means that they have more capability to produce more, but they can't because of the labor, and that's causing prices to move higher. Initial job claims, which measures individual filing for unemployment benefits for the first time, moved in in the wrong direction, increasing 37,000 to 412,000. Continued claims, or those that continue to receive benefits, was unchanged by 3.5 million. The pandemic unemployment assistance claims, which gives individual benefits who would not usually qualify, and the pandemic emergency claims, which extends benefits after regular benefits expired, decreased by roughly 325% thousand combined. 14.8 million individuals are still receiving benefits throughout all of their programs, which is down 560,000 from the previous week. The housing news, housing starts were up 3.6 percent in May, which was slightly beneath expectations. Single-family starts, which is really most important for our industry, were up 4.2 percent. Permits, which are a good forward-looking indicator, were down 3 percent in May. Single-family permits were down 1.6 percent percent and homes authorized but not started are up 50 percent year over year and continues to climb which shows that there are delay due to the higher cost and labor issues the nahb housing market index, which measures builders' confidence decreased by two points from last month's revised figure of 83 to 81 in June. Current sales decreased by two points from 86 to 88 to 86. Sales expectations decreased two points to 79 and buyer traffic decreased two points to 71. Builders cited higher cost and declining availability for softer lumber and other building materials as the reason for the decline. These rises, rises cost the builders' and so they have no choice but to increase prices while the reading with the nahb housing market index declined it's important to note that 81 is still an extremely strong level and is the 98th percentile of reading dating back to 1985. any reading above 50 signals expansion and that is your money chat coming up on the money hour Of all of the skincare and cosmetic companies out there, why should I use Mary Kay? We have Joanne Brooks of Mary Kay Skincare and Cosmetics right here at 1150 AM
0: KKNW. Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: You are listening to The Money Hour at on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 19th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or on our show YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on our show, we have Joanne Brooks of Mary K C skincare and cosmetics. Of all the skincare and cosmetic companies out there, why should I use Mary Kay? Right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to the show for the first time, Joanne. So excited to have you. Well,
3: hi, Tina. This is very exciting to be here.
1: Yeah, Yeah. a little bit about Joanne. Although Joanne never saw herself in sales or even remotely representing a cosmetic company, she has been an independent Mary Kay beauty consultant for over eight years now and has loved every minute of it. Before Mary Kay, Joanne was an executive secretary, elementary school teacher, potter and soap maker and one thing she really is proud of is having hand thrown all of the bathroom sinks and accessories for her log home in Snoqualmie which she and her husband built and have lived in for 21 years. Joanne has two beautiful grown children she's a sourdough bread maker gardener hiker and backpacker and loves forging for wild edibles, especially mushrooms. (laughs) Prior to Mary Kay, she was a soap and water kind of girl and never wore makeup but thought she'd give it a try, and I have to say, Joanne, your makeup is spot on and looks Why? beautiful today. Thank Welcome you.
0: Again to the show.
1: <laughs> thought I better spruce up a little bit for this.
3: I yeah. see so you, you quite often, and you always look like you have beautiful makeup. Why? Thank you, Tina.
2: <laughs> you look great, and your skin looks great, too, which is...
3: Well gosh, I wonder why <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: we only get, uh, we only get the skin we were born with. So it's important you take care of it, especially as you age. And my wife is actually a big, big advocate of that and uh, make oh, yeah. sure that I use my SPFs and my lotions and such. And so I'm curious to learn what for makes you. Mary Kay different from any other skincare or cosmetic company out there.
3: Oh, yeah, that is a great question. And there are so many skincare and cosmetics companies out there and there's new ones coming up every day, right? So what makes us different? You know, primarily our culture, I would say. And that's based in the fact that when you, um, well, we're, we're a direct sales company. So you you, first of all, you can't buy it off the shelf, right? So when you do purchase Mary Kay, you're not only getting um, a, a, an incredibly high quality product that is backed by 58 years of research and development, um, but you're also getting a consultant, like me, right? Who, guess what, consults with you um, just to make sure that you're getting the proper formula for your skin. Um, that's not something you can just reach for off the counter, right? So uh if you want a um you know a foundation color match or or tutorials in how to put on makeup that sort of thing that's where we come in and so we have relationships with our customers and you know and then when you are purchasing mary Kay products you're you are supporting a small business you know you're supporting an individual who's supporting her family or his family. so yeah, yeah. so it's the culture.
1: yeah wonderful uh, Joanne mm. so for our listeners that are thinking of starting a company what inspired you to start a Mary Kay business?
3: Oh my goodness yeah I was not a very likely candidate for this um, you know as you mentioned earlier I never wore makeup I I thought I was doing the best thing for my skin because I made my own soap. But let's face it, soap is not the best thing for your skin. Um, You know, I I had chosen to be a stay-at-home mom when my kids were going through school. And so for 12 years, I was just, you know, what women do, we give, give, give. And I was just not paying that close attention to myself. So when I turned 57, I... I think I looked in the mirror for the first time. And I really didn't like what I saw. And uh, so many changes had taken place in my skin. And it just so at that time, a Mary Kay gal uh, approached me. And I, um, you know, my first uh, reaction was to run. But I'm glad I didn't, I talked to her and, and she offered me a facial and I thought, well, what the heck I'll, you know, I haven't treated myself to anything in about 12 years. I'll do it. And, um, and I had actually previously been a Mary Kay user. I love the products. And, um, and so this gal like reintroduced me to it. And I just, I got to tell you, I loved the way my skin felt. I just felt better. And, um, you know, and she said, Hey, you could, you could give this a go. And I thought, Oh, I'm not the sales type, you know, but it was the best decision I ever made besides getting married and having kids. But, um, I thought, well, what can I lose? Because, you know, we, we, we get the product at 50% off, which mm-hmm. also means that we have mm-hmm. the potential to make 50% profit. That's really high. Yeah. In sales. Yeah. That's super high. Um, and I really did not plan on selling to begin with. I just thought, well, I'll, I'll be a personal user, you know. But as soon as word got out that I was a Mary-Kate rep, well, things just took off. People were asking me for products and, and I never looked back. And I, I love the fact that I can get my own products um, yes. and half off. And I, and I really, really fell in love with the culture and the sisterhood of Mary Kay. We are, um, we are not competitors with one another. We are I,
2: truly sisters. I, I, I've seen those pink cars going around the pink Cadillacs oh, yeah. for those yeah for the you can uh, for those that have earned that within the company at certain rankings yes. and such, which is really cool. Um, I have a question for you. Sure. So your skin is your biggest organ in your body. So I've yes, learned. And it you is. ingest through your skin, anything that you put on your skin. And for some mm-hmm. people, that mm-hmm. means they want to stick to natural products. What yeah. do you guys have to offer for natural uh, products?
3: Yes, that is a great, great question. Yeah. And especially these days, lots of people are... Um, You know, so here's the the thing. Only about twenty percent of your um, uh, genetic makeup, your 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 um, heritage, um, influences what your skin is is gonna be like as you age. Eighty percent is environmental. So you, yeah, you're absolutely right. You've got to protect your skin, and. And, you know, we actually, Mary Kay, we have six different um, formulations of uh, products for all different skin types. And, um, and one of them is for men, actually, a lot of guys don't know that we got a great beard oil you should have there, (laughs) Keelan. But, um, but, you know, as far as natural products go, uh, you know, just because something is, um, quote, unquote, natural,
1: that oh, word Benny, is bandied are about. People, that are not, people are listening to radio and podcasts. They can't see uh Benny over at Hubbard Radio, but he's got he's rocking a beer too. So he came back. <laughs> oh to oh yeah. He
3: needs too. <laughs> I better talk right. to you later.
1: Yeah. But you know, um,
3: people get swayed by that word natural. And you know, let's face it, there it just because uh um an ingredient is natural, it does not mean it's good for you. I mean, cyanide is natural, you're not gonna put that yeah. in your body, right? Um, so we are very, very, very Careful about what we um, use, the ingredients that we use in all of our Mary Kay skincare lines. In fact, all of our lines are European Union certified, and a lot of people don't realize that. Um, So that eliminates a whole lot of ingredients um, that are okay to use in in this country. Um, But yes, but we do have a naturally line. We call it naturally, and it is. very nearly, it's like 99.65% naturally derived ingredients. And it is, um, it's amazing. And it's wonderful for sensitive skin. So, so we would have a conversation to make sure that you were
1: using you know the proper of the the correct ones absolutely so joanne we only have about two minutes left on oh goodness you so i know it goes by quick so i've got we have a few more questions we want to answer we'll get through as many as we can but what does mary Kay stand on animal testing
3: oh great question yeah so actually we have never tested on animals and um we were in the vanguard of uh, the whole moratorium on animal testing way back in like 1984 we were one of like two companies to to say, hey, this this has got to stop. And we're actually um, over in China right now uh, teaching alternative ways. And our big hope is that um, China will stop testing on animals. So that's what we're doing over there to try to make that happen.
2: Yeah. How would you mention, I know direct sales, you can't go to the store and buy it. So how would I even purchase Mary Kay products if I wanted to buy something uh, from you?
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. So you can actually just go online and like put in your zip code to the Mary Kay locator and find a consultant. Um, and, uh, you know, just find one that's close to you. And then you you just communicate with them. And, and uh, we all have websites. And, you know, um, e- even if you just buy, you know, order directly from the company, this is awesome. The company will actually route that order to a random consultant. So
1: ah. we always, yeah, the company is so good for us. So yeah. good to us. So Joanne, we have one minute left and I yes. want to make sure that I leave you uh time to share with our listeners, uh, whatever you think is most important as we're wrapping up our time here together.
3: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Mary Kay's slogan is enriching women's lives. And, you know, we, we do that through helping you find, you know, I mean, when you look in the mirror, you want to love what you see, right? And so that's our mission, is to help you um, like what you see in the mirror. And um, and then beyond that, you know, the opportunity itself is um, totally amazing. You know, there are, a lot of women these days have been displaced, you know, from their jobs or maybe need a side hustle and... It's so easy to get started with Mary Kay. And I would say, you know, if you have any interest um, or if you, if you have a consultant currently, talk to her or him about um, starting Mary Kay Business for yourself because um, it's it's a beautiful company with a huge heart and um, and we train you and, and work with you. And it's totally amazing. And it's like, currently it's only $30 to start a Mary Kay Business. So a lot of people don't realize that. So, yeah. Anyway, I and would so say that's
1: probably, yeah. The, the biggest thing. And so, yeah, if you're listening today and um, uh, you don't like where you're working or <laughs> you're concerned about the future of where you're working or you're not working. I mean, I've, I like, well, maybe if you're not working, but I like the side hustle. I mean, if you're somewhere where you're not yeah. happy or you're concerned, do, a, you know, start a side hustle. It's a good way to get into, um, a great company to see if it's going to be a right fit for you. Uh, Joanne, what is your, uh, your website?
3: Uh, my website is, uh, com forward slash j Brooks. And that's J B R O O K E S. And, uh, yeah, and I'm happy to talk to you. And, um, if you, like, again, if you have a consultant already, um, go to her cause you know, we are a sisterhood and we want to make sure we support our, our fellow consultants.
1: So, yeah. So. And they've been, they've been around for how many years? Oh, mm-hmm. golly. 58. Yeah. 58, almost 60 years. Almost 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. It's a great company for sure.
3: Well, it is with a huge philanthropic heart, too. I mean, we, we, $5 million at least every year goes to uh, research for cancers um, affecting women specifically and uh, domestic violence shelters in
1: every state or. Yeah, the by best, charitable the best companies, Yeah, the best mm-hmm. companies out there, um, you know, definitely come from that place of uh, contribution and supporting yes. uh, needs. So, well, Joanne, yeah. thank you so much for you uh, are welcome with us today. It was a pleasure to, uh, to showcase uh, Mary Kay and showcase you and your beautiful oh. face. Oh, thank you, Tina. I love being here. Thanks. Coming up right. next on the money hour, Chronic illness is reversible. Carolyn Guilford of Health Restoration Consulting right here on 1150 AM KKNW.
5: So here's the deal. You can reverse chronic illness. Are you ready to enjoy your best life? Ready to really get diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, or overweight under control, want to lower your cholesterol and decrease your dependence on medications and to feel better in just days? If you are serious about taking control of your health, the Health Restoration 101 Lifestyle Wellness Program is designed to help you to upgrade your eating and your lifestyle to prevent or even reverse chronic illness. Their science-based approach to eating has been tested in research centers among many populations, and is proven to restore you to better health. So what you can do, send your email to carolyn at healthrestoration101.com or call her at 912-398-3413. Again, that's 912-398-3413. Your best life is just ahead with Health Restoration 101. Exploring new territory
0: every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host Keelan Harvey on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 19th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or on our show YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint, one week and one show at a time. If you are hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at moneyr.com. And now in studio, we have Carolyn Guilford of Health Restoration Consulting. Chronic illness is reversible. Right here on 1150 AM KKNW, Carolyn, welcome to the show
4: hi tina
1: welcome thank you for joining us thank you so much for the invitation i appreciate it absolutely and a little bit about carolyn carolyn always said that she wanted to become a nurse even when she didn't know what it meant. In high school, she went to a local college that offered a BS in nursing and loved it. Having never been sick, nor did she know anyone who was sick, it brought to learn compassion and wanted her, uh, wanted all of her patients to be well. After school, she went to work as a clinical care nurse and she loved that as well. And she was known to eagerly accept patients that others hid from, which opened other opportunities, including advanced education leading to certification. Carolyn always sorts information on the causes of illnesses of her patients. However, it was years later, a chance phone call that would lead her to answers that she had long sought. An invitation to join a regional health study opened the door to a new life.
2: Carolyn, you are such a caring person and you, I mean, you care so much about people's well-being. So how did this all come about?
4: Well, for me, my aunt was a nurse and she was, she was very, very much in my life as I was growing up. She was a nurse. I was enthralled by the white uniform, the blue cape. I wanted to grow up to be like her didn't know a thing about what she did. So as I got older, she would take me with her when she went to visit some of her patients. Of course, they were out of the hospital by this time, but they were also getting uh, continued care. And I had an opportunity to just watch her, how she operated. She was so kind and so patient with them. She would assess them and attend to whatever they needed. And I learned to do that from her.
1: I love that story because I literally was visualizing you as a little girl, uh, looking at your aunt in her, her nurse's, um, uniform. And, uh, you know, what, what a great thing that she en- embraced that interest and allowed you to see some of the behind the scenes and that it brought you a passionate about what you're doing today. So, What brought you from an RN to holistic advocate and coach? Well,
4: I wanted to, when I worked in ICU, I wanted to know what made people sick. And because I didn't know anybody who had been sick, I had never been sick myself. I didn't have a clue as to why some of the things happened to people. And it always disturbed me. Now, I was acquainted with accidents. I would seen many people who were in the hospital due to an accident. But my question became, what causes the body to fail from the inside? What are these diseases that cause people to be sick and can't get well? And so my question started then, mostly because I wanted not to get in the situation that they were in. I didn't want to have these problems, but the answer was not there. The answer in ICU is always surgery, medication, and it doesn't always work. We need to know the cause, the root cause of illnesses. And so one day I got a call and I was offered an opportunity to work in a health study. And the major major players in this study was the National Institutes of Health, the CDC, Vanderbilt University, and Morehouse College and some others. And it was here that I learned that poor nutrition, and nobody thought much about what you eat at that point, but poor nutrition leaves the body vulnerable to failure. And so that is when I switched gears, left ICU, went to work with this study and learned all this great stuff. But of course, the health study was not long-term. And when it ended in Savannah here, I went to working as uh, a clinician in a small clinic. Well, in this clinic, I had the opportunity to uh, teach what I had learned from the National Institutes of Health and prepare clients to change their diet, to lead a more healthy life, to get more exercise, and and also to take personal to take responsibility, personal responsibility for their health and their well-being.
2: I I love that, Carolyn. That's so important, Um, you know, for you to take accountability for your actions and what you're doing. And I see this amazing transition in our world right now. We used to blindly just follow Western medicine, pop some pills and it'll go away. Now people I think are thinking differently and and a little deeper and you're out there teaching this to people to find the source of why you feel that way and be accountable for yourself to to do. And it's not easy for some people. And they can often just like anything else come up with excuses. Um, Why? what do you hear from people as far as their excuses and why they don't move forward in a healthy direction?
4: It's too hard. It's what everybody does. (laughs) You know, I don't have time to do this. It just takes up too much of my time and I don't have it like that. They have all kinds of excuses, but it's taking personal responsibility. It is knowing what you want. I spoke with the lady this morning who told me that she deserved a better quality of life. And I had to stop her and congratulate the way that she's thinking about her life and her future. We can't always rely on somebody else to make us better. We've got to take the initiative ourselves to want better and then to be willing to do what it takes to make those changes so that we can have the life we want.
1: Yeah. And what a great affirmation. I deserve to have a better life or I deserve to have the best life. I deserve to have the most healthy life. Um, And yeah, it's, you've got to take action. You've, you have to make the time. I mean, just if you say that to yourself, I don't have time, just add to it. I don't have time to live
4: a healthy life and
1: um, yeah, it might help you change your, your habit. Uh, So Carolyn, what was the most challenging condition that you've treated?
4: most challenging would be a toss up between cancer and kidney failure. Cancer because most persons are in shock when they get a diagnosis of cancer because they know so many people, they know people who have, who did not survive the cancer. So it becomes very, very scary for them. And kidney failure because even though many persons live a long time on dialysis. And it's a great tool for that person, but it's difficult. It is a hard life, not only for the patient, but also for the family. So these are the most challenging because cancer patients are afraid to do something different from what their doctors are going to offer them and take responsibility for themselves. Persons with kidney failure, even though they're afraid and are having a difficult life, they want better. They want for life not to be so dull. Three days in dialysis after that, you have no energy, no life, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. It becomes very, very limiting But once they begin the program that we teach them, their life changes and it changes quickly. It's a long-term process. It's not magic. It's not a short-term fix. It's not something that you can do for a little while, get better, and then go back to your old habits. It is a lifestyle change and we've had great success with both our cancer patients and also with persons who've had dialysis. We've actually been able to get people off of dialysis. Their kidneys will go back to working properly That is
2: unbelievable. That's crazy. And I believe it. The power of plants, the power of, you know, what's given on this earth is extremely powerful uh, for people if they are willing to use it. Have you had any personal experience with a health scare that caused you to want to change your lifestyle? Because I imagine a thing like a cancer or dialysis could definitely scare somebody into changing directions. Have you experienced this yourself?
4: Actually, I have not had any personal health challenges. But I did have an opportunity to make a major lifestyle change when my house caught fire. And I liken it to what cancer patients go through. My home, I got a phone call that my house was on fire and I was totally and completely horrified. Everything in my world changed that day. The work I did stopped. I had to make some major decisions about myself and my future, what I wanted. I had to find outside resources, outside my scope of knowledge. I had a steep learning curve to master. I had to focus solely on saving and restoring my home, way outside my comfort zone but I was able to successfully save and restore my home. And I use these very skills that I teach my clients as we work together to restore their health and to save their lives. It's hard work, it's long, it's tedious, and everything you do, everything you have will go into doing this and, and to win. Yeah. And to win. And so that's what I try to teach my clients. You going into this to win and everything you've got in you, you've got to put to it.
1: Absolutely. And I've, I, I love, um, you know, the tragedy to triumph and definitely going through that tragedy yourself and turning it into a triumph and then sharing that with others. So uh, we have less than a minute left, but I would love to ask you, and if you can answer quickly, what would you say to people who dispute research about plant based data? It's eating too many carbs, not getting enough protein, all of that.
4: Well, we believe what we hear a lot and the message in the media. The message in advertising always is about, you need more protein and carbs are bad. Well, what they don't tell you is that broccoli is a carb, sweet potatoes are carbs, and these are the natural foods that we were intended to eat on this earth. Not all carbs are bad. What carbs are bad is the processed food that is made, I call it built, in a factory. But real food that grows out of the out of the ground is the food that really has the nutrients that allows the body to stay well, to get well, to repair and to live a long, healthy, healthy life.
1: Yes. Wow. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for uh, joining us today and sharing with our listeners uh, about health and the importance of it. Can you uh, go ahead and shout out your website?
4: My website is, let me tell you, it's called Health Restoration 101. And this was the first class, the first nursing class that we took in college. And to uh-huh. find that Health Restoration 101. I love it. As as a a web, website moniker, uh-huh. just blew my mind. HealthReservation101.com.
1: It was meant to be that you were able to secure
4: (laughs) that domain. Carolyn,
1: thank you. Yeah, thank you again for joining us in studio. We really appreciate
4: it. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Absolutely. Coming up next on the Money Hour, the one number to focus on in your business. We have Christine Rose of Christine Rose Coaching and Consulting, right here at 1150 AM KKNW.
5: So are you part of the majority of business owners with 80 to 90% of your wealth tied up in your business? Within the next decade or so, an estimated 67% of small business owners will want to exit their business. An estimated 4.5 million firms representing $10 trillion in business value will transition in the next decade. But the frightening news is that only about one in five that go to market will end up selling. You don't wing it in the daily operations of a successful company. So why would you wing it in preparing for your exit and your future company? Christine Rose is an award-winning ICF credentialed, business and executive coach, as well as a certified value builder advisor. Using the proven value builder system, Christine Rose coaches owners like you through online self-paced learning, one-to-one coaching and CEO mastermind groups. Contact Christine Rose today by visiting her website at CoachChristineRose.com.
0: Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey.
1: You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, June 19th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or on our show YouTube channel. I am your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. We are here to help you in today's economy. And now in studio, we have Christine Rose of Christine Rose Coaching and Consulting the one number to focus on in your business right here on 1150 am kknw welcome to the show christine thank you tina and keelan great to be with you today yeah and a little bit about christine rose she coaches owners and smes to grow leadership effective teams and profitable high volume companies, a certified value builder, advisor, certified psychological, psych psychological, wow, that was hard for me to it! I <laughs> nailed it the second time. Safety <laughs> coach, certified core values coach and men, member of Forbes Coaches Council. Christine's insights are featured on Forbes.com. Public Interest Radio, National Business Radio, and many other sites globally. Tacoma's 2018 Small Business Person of the Year on... Uh, lineable.com, named top business coach of 2019 by the IAOTP and listed in the 2020 top 100 registers of business leaders and professional. Christine serves on the board of ICF Washington State, urban business support, and educational communities worldwide. As an international, best-selling author. She speaks to groups on businesses and personal growth.
2: Christine, look at you, you rock star. You've got so She's many accomplishments star. under your belt. That's fantastic. Um, now I can
6: but- add being on the money show.
2: <laughs> oh, thank <Cool>. you. Thanks. <laughs> well, before we dive into your topic, tell us a bit more about your work as a certified value builder advisor, and who do you help and how do you help them?
6: Thanks, Keelan. So I do work with small business owners who are growing their businesses. Many of them are like me getting a little bit up in years and maybe they're looking to transition the business to family members or to a management team or possibly put it on the market in five or 10 years. And what they have in common is that they all want to grow. They want to maximize the return on investment. Quite a bit of them have a significant portion of their wealth tied up in their business. And they really want to maximize the ROI of the time and the resources that they're putting in as they grow their business. And for listeners who are small business owners today, I want to encourage you to ask yourself this question. If you haven't actually had an evaluation done, what's the value of my business?
1: Yeah, it is so important. And Christine, the uh, title for our conversation with you is the number one or the one number to focus on in business. So what is that one number?
6: Well, I'm going to tell you from the buyer's perspective, okay? Because okay. usually owners are focused on profit. And when buyers estimate the value of your business, many are gonna look at the equation EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, debt, amortization, right? EBITDA or profit, right? Times M equals value. So M is the multiple that a a business would use to determine the price they would pay for your company. So a business owner wants to focus on profit, they're tempted to look at sales and profit, but really the number one focus, number one number to focus on to leverage the value of your business is your multiple, the M.
2: Wow. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So why is it important to focus on the multiple as opposed to the profit?
6: So Keelan, I'm glad you asked that because as business owners, we're really generally conditioned to believe that the fastest way to improve the value of our company is to increase our profit. And so we're giving all this attention to increasing sales and profits. And this creates a challenge Because when the owners are experts in the business, whatever their industry, a lot of times the customers will wanna work directly with them. The business will depend so much on them. Owners are gonna end up spending more time in Zoom meetings or wherever, you know, where it's possible. Now they're making trips in face-to-face meetings, they're growing sales, They're, they're working to develop clients, they're working on the problems in the business. Does this sound familiar to some of our listeners here?
3: So (laughs) while the sales are
6: going up, there's a downside to this approach because you, dear owner, are ending up struggling to get everything done. Your life is full of endless demands from customers who need your help, from employees who are on the edge of burnout. And I have to say, during the pandemic, that has increased. And as we've had people working around the clock and accessible at all times remotely, and Uh, we hope they're staying on top of all the upgrades to systems and support the growth of your business, right? So it's not humanly possible to sustain this kind of workload. And as a result of this, owners may actually get to that dreaded plateau, right? So revenues are plateauing and now we have inflation. And we have issues on trying to find the right people to work for us yeah. we owners also have relationship issues some find themselves with serious health problems because their owner is working too much and there's another downside to focusing solely on profits and that is that the actual value of your business can decline because buyers can see it as overly dependent on you mm-hmm. and your multiple will go down. If there are any serious buyers at all, because sometimes when a business is so dependent on a person, they can't get offers. They they will not sell. Uh, Less than 70% of business owners that take their business to market get a written offer. Um, So you're facing a higher risk of turning your company into a valuable opportunity for your investor by doing it all yourself. Plus, you're killing yourself
1: to do it. That makes total sense. Uh, Great shout out uh, for business owners. So preparation is key for a successful business. If a business owner is not planning to sell their company in the near future, can you share why it's so important to see their company from an investor's perspective?
6: Yeah, Tina, thank you. That's a great question. The investor's perspective is going to give you your life back as an owner. (laughs) Right. So if an owner turns their attention to M, building, you know, increasing your company's multiple, you can experience the magic of value building. So without losing your family or your employees or killing yourself, when you're focused on growing your multiple, which is the lever to increase the company's value, you're going to grow profit. But it's still going to give you, the owner, a break instead of a breakdown. It it really is about seeing this in a way to simplify, uh, in a way to drive the value up without having to kill
1: yourself. I love they have a break instead of a breakdown. I'm taking note of that.
2: (laughs) So I'm, I'm going to ask a question I'm sure everybody's dying to know, and we're, we're talking about multiple. So how do we increase this multiple?
6: Okay, I will share three ways today. And then I'm also <laughs> going to invite people to contact me to learn more ways to drive value and increase your multiple. So number one, the first way is differentiate your market position. So a buyer is going only to buy what they can't create themselves easily. So if you have close to a monopoly on what you're producing and selling or the service you're providing, or you're one of the few companies that are licensed to provide a specific product or service in your market, you're definitely increasing the value to a buyer. So what is it that can give you more of a monopoly control type of position in your market? Think about that, start exploring, and maybe eliminate the things that are really run-of-the-mill and start to differentiate yourself. Number two, create a recurring revenue model for yourself because a buyer is going to want to know how your business is going to do once you leave. And yes, there's earnouts. We, you know, we've heard about those, but when an acquirer looks at recurring revenue, they that gives them assurance that they're still going to be a business once the founder is gone. And so it improves your cash flow as well. It makes life easier for you and easier for your customers. It stabilizes you in a tumultuous economy. So recurring revenue models are a great way to increase your multiple. Um, There's some great tips I have for you. You can reach out to me about how to do that. And the third thing I'm going to suggest for listeners today is take a vacation, take an extended vacation. So you need to start separating the owner from the business. If you are creating a valuable business, it has to be one that can thrive without you. And actually, an acquirer who sees a business that's highly dependent on you will give it a lower multiple, lower evaluation, because valuable businesses are masters of independence. They don't don't need the owner to run. Uh, They need the owner to create strategy and vision and guide, but they've got the team and the people in place and it's operating and humming without you. So separate, you know, if you can take a three month sabbatical, chances are you might have a sellable business. There are definitely some other drivers that you can uh, work on outside of that. But if you, if the business depends on you and you haven't had a vacation, that's longer than a few days over the last few years, mm-hmm. it's time to start asking yourself why and what can you do about it? And the, the great thing too, about taking extended time away from the business is that it
1: shows you everything you need to work on yes. in order to create a sellable business. Absolutely. Cause you see what's not getting done in your absence. Well, definitely take a break so you don't have a breakdown. I love that. Um, and we got to wrap up the show. Um, I have you know, just really loved the time that we had with you and uh, would love to have more time with you on a future show because we did have more questions that we wanted to ask. Um, but you know, our engineer says we need to wrap the show up uh, when we got to wrap it up. So Christine, thank you so much for being here today. It was really a pleasure uh, for us to be able to interview you. Thank you so much, Tina. And want to say thank you to all of our guests here that visited us on the money hour. This is your host, Tina Mitchell.
2: And your co-host, Keelan Harvey.
1: We are your local mortgage experts, and we have to sign off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend or week, depending on when you're listening to our show. And we look forward to talking with you about money a little bit more next week, right here on at fifty AM KKNW.
0: Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.